Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. That's right. We are back. Back with another interview. I'm real excited about this. And uh, we're glad you're back. Some people have been asking me, hey, I mean, where are the Underground episodes? I mean, we're kind of hit and miss right now. And I really don't have a good explanation. Other than, yeah, they're kind of hit and miss right now. <laughs> we got a hit and miss right now because... Uh, Darren's plate is kind of full, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> don't really have that uh, much of an explanation. We have been, uh, been, we've had the privilege of being able to talk about some of the things we've been doing on Sunday morning, though, uh, as we went through the book of uh, Ruth, and uh, and we, we had an opportunity to air some of those here on Underground, some of the discussions we had about each chapter of Ruth. So I hope you had a good time with that. I hope you listened. And uh, But we're back with uh, some testimonies and interviews with people in the church. And today I have a very special guest with me. His name is Jared Cole. Hey, what's up, Jared? Welcome to be here. You're, you're the man. It's one of, those, <laughs> one of those men. That's right. Jared's sporting the old Fender hat today and brought me a Fender guitar. What a good guy. He's been looking for an acoustic for me. Because so, it's, it's, it's not that I can play. It's that uh, I just try to play. That's what it is. You can play. Just very little. My kids all surpassed me very quickly, so I put the guitar down. <laughs> I told them, I taught them the, like five chords I know, and then they went from there. That's what happened. But Jared is a really good guitar player, and he's he's on our worship team. <clears throat> How long have you been on the worship team? I think I started in 2017. Oh, wow. 2016, maybe. So six years. Yeah. That's fantastic. Gone, gone by really fast. So how old were you when you first started then? Would have been like 19 or 20, I think. Yes, yeah, so. yeah, you're a young guy. Yeah. So only 19 or 20 when you started. So, gosh, you're on your way towards 30, dude. That's right. Just How's birthday. that feeling? It doesn't feel any different. <laughs> I just feel aching my bones. <laughs> yeah, does it, does it? I remember when I hit 30, and for some reason, it just kind of freaked me out. I don't know what it was. Drew and I, my son, he's just, he's 31. And so when he told me he had 30, it was kind of the same for him. Now, 40 it didn't bother me as much. But for some reason, 30 did. I don't know why. For other people, it's the other way around. But 27, so what you are? 27? 27. 27. Uh, so, Jared, now I've known, Jared, how long have you and I known each other? Gosh. Well, it goes back a ways. Like, Fourth grade, I think, was when me and Reed started. Yeah, Reed, my son Reed and Jared were in the same class at school, right? Yep. In uh, Neoga. And that was fourth grade. I think it was fourth grade. Oh, my gosh. And so, and, and then I used to coach basketball in Neoga for junior high kids, and you were on my basketball team. Yep. We had a good time. It was funny. I think that was my eighth grade year when you. I came in my first year was your eighth grade year. I was a seventh grade coach, but I was yep. like an assistant to the eighth grade. Yep. So we used to hang out, stuffed with the basketball. That was fun. I had to completely correct my jump shot. Yeah. <laughs> but you were draining, man. You started draining. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Started draining. <laughs> Just my, my incredible coaching abilities. Incredible coaching. That's right. <laughs> and no, no, Jared, you know, we've, uh, Jared's was really good friends, still good friends with my son, Reed. And so just been, been cool relationship over the years and to watch you, watch you grow up, man. Been, been fun. And so I asked Jared to come in today because I thought 
he's just got, you know, interesting story, just like all of us do, you know, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. And, uh, but you, you learned about Jesus when you were young, right? Yep. I mean, ever since the beginning. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, as far as like church background, you kind of grew up in a, did you grow up in like a small church? Yes. It was, it was, well, when I was little, it was, it was a small building, but it was a big congregation. Oh, okay. It was packed. It was, but then after, I remember how old I was. I was still pretty young. The church split, and then it became very small. Oh, did it? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, but it was a Southern Baptist church in Montrose, Mullen Baptist. My dad was a deacon, and he was the worship leader there. He still is today. Okay. So I grew up learning about Jesus ever since I was born. So your dad being a worship leader, so that's why it's kind of in your your blood in a way. In a way, yeah. Yeah. And he played guitar too? Yes. He's much better than I am. Is he? (laughs) <laughs> we got to learn from somewhere. That's yeah, right. So that's good. What, uh, uh, as far as, do you remember much when you're a kid as far as faith goes? I'm just kind of curious. I, this is a question I've always had for people just in my mind. Like, what do you remember as a kid as far as whether or not, did you think, feel like you had a faith or was it just church or something that you kind of did and didn't really think about it? At the beginning, it was more since it was so ingrained. It was just kind of what we did. Like, I didn't really, there wasn't as much of a, like, intense faith for me at the beginning. Right. Not until I got baptized in 2003. We had a revival, and I can't remember who was the guest speaker, but something clicked. Uh-huh. I think I was, like, I can't remember how old I was. It was 2003. Uh, so you're probably seven, about I think. seven years old, I think seven, seven or eight years old, okay. Yeah, and something clicked, and... uh. I accepted Jesus as my savior and then I wanted to get baptized. And it was like a week later, our church was so small that we didn't even have a baptismal <laughs> or even like a trough. Like we use it. Yeah. 180. yeah. <laughs> so we had to go borrow no troughs. We had to go borrow one of the Toledo's churches <laughs> baptismals. Oh, that's cool. And so I got baptized and then I got home from church and my dad gave me my first real Bible and I still use it today. You have it with the, he has yeah. it right in front of him right now. Got that. Got your name on there? Got my name on there. From your mom and dad? Yeah. That's cool. Baptism in 2003. So you were just seven years old. Seven years old, yeah. But what what was it? Do you remember, like, at seven, like, what it was that just kind of, why it sunk in? That stuff always interests me. You know, how, how when people first, you know, as you're growing up, even as a kid, I'm just curious as to what you hear versus what, you know, what stuck with you all these years, you know? Does that make any sense? It makes sense, yes. I yeah. Guess. No, that's fine. Don't know how to put it into words yet. That's okay. So, like, uh, did you pray as a young kid? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So he was real to you enough he to felt, pray. He felt yeah. very real, yes. Yeah. Even from... Do you remember what was said at the revival, or... No. Okay. No. You just remember that being kind of I remember a it being... Time when you wanted really to follow... high energy. Uh, there was just a lot of passion going in from the music and... Uh-huh. The speakers were like really expressive and there were there were tons of people that day that came forward. They had like an altar call and tons of people came forward and something just hit me. I was like, Your turn, get up there. Wow. So I went up there and I remember just like bawling because I just felt like there was like this Holy Spirit was moving. He was moving, yes. Yeah. Um, and you weren't sure what it was, but you knew he was real. I at knew that it point. was real, yeah. yes. 
And I remember walking outside afterwards and my brother was sitting there on the sidewalk with one of his buddies. And I walked up and I just looked at him and I told him, I accepted Jesus today. And he put his arm around me and I can't remember what he said, but there was like, he felt proud of me. And that was like the main thing that stuck out that day after, after I had the altar call, accepted Jesus, I went outside and he, he was just like, he was like, good job. Thumbs Basically, up. Yeah. Thumbs up. And I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> let's follow Jesus. How much older was he than you? Three years. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of look up to your older brother and yeah. that's cool. So you uh, kind of accepted Jesus when you were, you were younger, kind of still grew up in the church and in so you're very familiar with worship leading and that kind of stuff too. Did you do any worship leading yourself as a kid? Or? Yeah, we used to always have, um, we called them specials, and they would all, like we'd get done, we'd sing some hymns, and then yeah. like, does anybody have any specials? And churches like, do that a lot. I mean, smaller yeah, churches, smaller churches, country churches you got specials, you got potlucks, yeah, stuff we never do anymore, right? Yeah, but <laughs> we'd get our little CD, I miss those. Yeah, hand it to my dad. He'd oh yeah, the, the background music. And you just sing along with a CD. It wasn't like you were up there. Well, it was like somebody actually singing. You're just singing along. <laughs> singing along yeah. <laughs> you just crank the mic up a little bit. So you, you could limp sync it. Nobody have any no, idea. No, no, I yeah. sound just like Mark Schultz. So what's that ten year old? He sounds like Mark <laughs> Schultz. Yeah. <laughs> sing some letters from war as if I knew what was going on in that song. <laughs> that's a, that's that's a throwback, man. That's good though. That's good. So. What was life like for you just kind of growing up, you know, like uh, uh, as you got into school and stuff, and maybe just some of the challenges thrown at you? You know, because when we talk about testimonies, you know, we're always talking about obviously our lives aren't led in a vacuum. Nobody's right. impervious to problems. Right. Uh, nobody's impervious to life issues and things like that. I'm just anything you want to share that just like, you know, some of the challenges, obstacles, maybe God's helped you overcome, you know, over the years. To think of where to start. Um, well, it's fine. Take your time. I know, like through school, kind of only got to hang out with the people my parents let me hang out with, and they pretty much only let me hang out with people who believed. Okay, and who their families went to church, and my parent like otherwise, like it wasn't until I was older that I got to like make friends that weren't necessarily believers. And try to speak so your, to them. your world kind of widened. Yes, and understanding. Hey, there's people out here that don't really agree with me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, trying to figure out how to connect with people who don't know Jesus. Yeah. And how to how to speak to them in a way that you don't seem like you're trying to seem better or worse or anything. Um, did you have moments when that's right? Did you have moments when like uh, uh, when you're trying to when you kind of when you kind of wake up to all these different philosophies and ideas that kids around you you know are like and trying to when you finally start to wake up to all that? Did you have a time where you started to question your own faith or time when you felt like you kind of you know went through like all of us do went through some of those valleys that feel like people are kind of pulling you away? A little bit. Um, it's mostly from when I was at Mullen growing probably a junior high or so, there were only like three kids in the whole church. Okay. So like that was your youth group. That was our youth group. <laughs> it was actually just 
like my Sunday school was me, David Abernathy, and my dad. And we just listened to <laughs> you and Dave. We just listened to Left Behind audiobooks and took notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's kind of funny. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it was. You and Dave and Left Behind. Me, Dave, and Left Behind and Golden Oreos. Golden Oreos. That that was it. Jesus' food right there. The cornucopia of of heaven. What do you call it? Ambrosia. The food of heavens. Ambrosia. The fruit of the heaven is uh, Golden Oreos. And people need to know, Dave Abernathy is of Reed and Dave fame. I don't know if people know the Reed and Dave show from 180. Some people might, who are listening to this, might remember that. Little show, and you were on the Reed and Dave show a couple times. A couple times, yeah. What was it you were a salesman or something? One that video, Bob the salesman. Bob the salesman <laughs> trying to sell some fire extinguishers. <laughs> yes, fire, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, but that goes back to you. But anyway, anyway, yeah. Uh, but then it was it was actually Dave that got me to branch out and try to see what other philosophies and ideas there were than just like what was preached in my church, because that's when you were preaching in yoga mm-hmm. and. Dave talked me into going to youth group there in eighth grade. We had a few more kids then. A little bit more. <clears throat> yeah. Quite a bit more. And then I ended up really enjoying like the connections I made there. So I started going there on Sunday mornings back like freshman year before I had my license. So my dad would take me, he'd drop me off at Neoga and then go to, uh, his church. So you, yeah, the home church. And then I'd listen to you preach there and then end up going. Yikes, I warped you. <laughs> <laughs> do, we have a, do we have a youth pastor at that time? Was Matt there? He had just left. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty good youth group there for a while. I mean, there's yes. like 50 or 60 kids. I mean, there's there quite a few there when Matt was there anyway. I think there was, I think I can't remember who it was, but somebody was just kind of filling in until Brian Okay. Brian started right after I got there. How did that shape shape you a little bit? Do you know? I mean, did it kind of help you solidify your own faith in a way? Or did you, were you starting to question some things? Or uh, how did that? I don't know if I was necessarily questioning things. Um, it just became, it felt like more of a fun thing to do than really a faith-focused thing. Because it was just hanging out with friends. We'd talk about Jesus, but we played dodgeball for an hour. Right. Like there wasn't right. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily diving into the word or anything. Um but I feel like probably the middle of high school I started to I still went to I was still going to church at uh yoga, but then I would I remember when I, as I started coming here to New Hope in, I think, junior year of high school, junior, senior year, but I would still go to youth group at Neoga. But after, like, all the fun stopped because they went through it. After you left and came to New Hope. The fun stopped. The fun stopped. It really did. <laughs> it really did. Because uh, there, there were four of us. Some people would argue that. Some people would say that when I left, the fun started. But that's okay. I appreciate that. It dropped down to there were four of us in the high school youth group. Wow. From like yeah. the 50 that there were when I started, there were four of us. Yeah. And it was just like no 
So, I mean, have, being a part of a bigger group is a big, why is that, what was that such a, why was that a big deal to you as far as, you know what I mean? Like you, it seems like you kind of found your way to, to more support, if you will, yeah, for people your own age. We, like feed off each other. There's more input. Like everybody gets involved because everybody's there doing it. Yeah. But when there's four of you and like, if two of you are too nervous to talk, there's one person left to speak and it's just terrifying. Right. So you felt like there's a little bit of some strength in numbers in a way. Yes. With, did uh, did you ever have a time in high school like all of us where you just, I don't know, faith became less of a priority? Yeah, definitely when my parents got divorced. Okay. Yeah, going through going through that's not a fun. Not fun. Yeah. Yeah. No matter who you are. My parents got divorced too, and and uh, it's probably well they got divorced from each other twice, so <laughs> went through it twice actually junior high and then in high school so this you were in high school high school yeah okay i just started high school it's right around the time where i would have been turning 16 it was, it was in between freshman and sophomore year now why did that why did that kind of make you question your faith a little bit because it just seemed like the things that are supposed to work out uh-huh. in like the way that like the Bible lays out like the Christian household and like the the family structure, it just fell apart. Wait, what was ideal? What was ideal? Wasn't going on. Wasn't yeah. going on. Yeah. Yes. So. Because relationships are tough, you know, and it's hard for every one of us, you know. And as you get older and you get married, you realize, oh, it's it's tougher than I thought, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, yeah. So that ideal lifestyle's not there, so you kind of thought, well, makes you question God? A little bit. Yeah. At, the, at the time, it did. Because I was like, well, what in my life is going to fall apart? It's kind of what I started. Like, what else is going to go wrong was what was going through my head at the time. Sure. I think that makes sense. I mean, it's logical because I think any of us, anybody who goes through a hard time, whether it's your fault or not your fault, or it doesn't matter. You know, uh, because we live in a world where we sin and those things come back on us. And we also live in a world where other people sin and affect us, our friends, family, any any relationship, you know. And so I'm just curious as to, I guess I feel like that's pretty normal than what you're saying. I mean, I think, don't you think a lot of people kind of go through, well, when things aren't working in life that God's, where's he at? Right. Kind of thing. I think a lot of people feel the same way. How did that affect you, like, in high school then? You feel like you changed as a person? Yeah, because I, I definitely became a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I wanted everyone to have the, like, ideal idea of who I was. And I tried to be strong all the time. And I never showed, like, how I was hurting. Yeah. And I ended up, I treated a lot of people very poorly in high school because of it. Because I was mad at God, essentially. Yeah. His and life it, wasn't working out like you thought. Life wasn't working out like I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And so it put me in a very poor, gave me a poor perspective. And I pushed a lot of people away. And I not really how else to explain it. So do you think that 
pushing people away is because you're mainly because you're just trying to deal with trying to figure out who you are. Yes. In a way. Cause I definitely, I didn't have, I had very poor self-esteem. Yeah. And I still struggle with that, but sure. It was very prevalent in high school. So when you say you still struggle with it, you mean you, you, you feel like you lack confidence in life yes, period yes, or yes. Yeah. What about after school? Like you get out of high school, graduate, yeah. what'd you do? Well, I, right after high school, I enlisted and cause I was recruited by the army band. Oh, cool. Which was, it sounded fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, I got a feeling there's going to be more to the story. There's here. a lot more to the story. Yeah. <laughs> so I got recruited for the army band to be the only vocalist in the state for the army. Wow. And they came to Neoga and they walked into the band room in their uniforms and they're like, is Jared Cole here? That's me. <laughs> wow. I, I had auditioned for all state choir senior year and I made honors choir and there were only like two of us from Neoga that made it to Allstate and there were two or three. I can't remember who all was there, but they asked just for us to uh-huh. audition for the army band. Wow. And for the vocalist spot, they told me since you were in honors, you don't have to audition. You just have to enlist, go through basic training. And when you get through basic, your eight weeks, you go on to the Virginia school of music and you get, paid to take lessons on voice and then you get to pick any other instrument you want and i was going to pick guitar so i was going to get paid to learn how to sing and play guitar better man so you're like lights are going off like hey there's an idea this is awesome this is so cool and then i went and enlisted and they're like what's your backup going to be and i was like infantry because if i can't sing i'm going to be in the infantry and then a week before i shipped to basic i get a phone call from the band recruiter and he's oh, like hey no. i'm sorry but we had to give your spot to somebody else oh you're kidding because <laughs> this guy already went through basic so he's a little bit ahead of you and he auditioned and he passed so we have to give him the spot since you haven't completed basic training sounds yet. like you got hooked yeah and yeah. I, I just i remember sitting there just staring at the ground i was my girlfriend at the time was getting her wisdom teeth taken out and i was sitting in the office of her like (laughs) orthodontist or whatever oh no and so i went outside and i just stood there on the phone with this guy and i didn't even say anything i just kind of stood there like you gotta be getting me so you you guys walk in okay you walk out both numb (laughs) that's exactly what happened exactly so you ended up in infantry ended up with the infantry for six and a half now were you active you weren't active you were national guard yeah and you did that for six years six and a half years well, that's a that's an experience in and of itself. Yeah. How was the National Guard? Uh, how did it help you or detract from your faith, or did it? It. You ever thought about that before? I have thought about it. Yes, I just not really sure which way to go with it. Uh, there were it went both ways on different occasions. Yeah, you bet. Um, one thing I really liked when I first got there to my unit after basic, like got through all the struggle went to my unit and chris strummer who's a priest now uh-huh. was in my unit and so he kind of like fed into me about christ while we were there that's cool and helped me get through a lot of the rough like the all the ncos that yeah like 
Hey, tear well, you the down. army's not easy. He yeah. was always right because he was an NCO and he was always right there to pick me back up. But he ended up leaving to go study to be a priest. And so after that, it was kind of tough. But there were days I remember, especially, we'd be out at like our annual training and we'd be in the woods and it'd be pouring down rain in the middle of the night trying to sleep and no tents. Yeah. <laughs> Just sitting there behind a tree trying to stay dry. And when you want to quit, like the only thing that kept me going through was I would just sing like I would have random Hillsong lyrics stuck in my head. It's a worship songs. And I'd have worship songs and yeah. I'd just sit there and sing them. Like just know that my struggle is nothing compared to what Jesus went through. Wow. That's awesome. And I would, I would just picture like the passion of the Christ and just like think like I'm just getting wet, like just sitting here in the rain. Like this is not that bad. <laughs> like, I didn't get deployed. I didn't have to see any combat. I just trained. Right. So it wasn't as much of a struggle, but. But, time, but, it, but for everybody, it's easy to get a bad attitude and be yes. undone. And so in a way it's kind of a microcosm of maybe when bad things have come up in life. Yeah, you've had your questions, but ultimately the Lord's been good to you as far as reminding you who he is. And, yes. Yeah. So you were in the National Guard for, what, you said, six years? Yeah, just six and a half. Just cool. And you, and if I remember right, you worked at Starbucks or something? Yes, and, I worked at Starbucks. Yeah. While going to Lynch. Did you get a lot of free coffee? I got too much free coffee. <laughs> and then you worked at the theater? Yeah. And st- you're still working at the theater. Still working at the theater. It's been five and a half years. That's awesome, though. Yeah. You get to watch all the first run movies and yep. free popcorn. Free popcorn, free movies. There you go. <laughs> are, are you uh, uh, managing there now? You like you walk? You uh, kind of work yourself up the ladder there? Or? Yeah, I've been a shift manager for most of the time that I worked there. Gotcha. So just over five years, I've been a shift manager. Cool. So in in that time, the last few years i know you've had some challenges yes kind of come your way and like we all do but uh and i don't want to put any words in your mouth but i was i was hoping maybe you could kind of just talk with people here because it's part of who you are in your testimony and then eventually here's where we're going to go eventually we're going to talk at the end about what jesus is doing in your life right now because i know you've come on the other side of a lot of things but the last few years, I mean, it's been a struggle for you yes. with uh, anxiety and stress kind of stuff in particular. Yes. You just talk about that for a little bit. And, and I, you don't need to get into specifics as to why or anything. But I just know I just know that uh, until whatever you want. But uh, I just uh, I think a lot of us struggle with with that. So as a as a Christian, you know, in the last few years have not been easy for you. Right. So back in 2019, I had lived next to you for a year. Yeah, we were, na- we were neighbors. We were neighbors. And then... In Charleston, so it's like 30 miles away. You were driving back and forth going to the movie theater and yeah, stuff. And I was still working at Starbucks in Mattoon at the time. Well, that's so right. I was working... I'd wake. I'd get to Starbucks at 5 in the morning, and then I'd go to class, and then I'd go to work at at the theater in Effingham. At night. At night, dude, that's and I'd a lot. Not yeah. get off work until one o'clock in the morning. So when you finally moved down to Effingham, that probably was relieving a little it bit. Was the sense of not driving, and I thought things were going great. 
but I had more bills to pay in Effingham, much higher rent, and a lot of things just kept piling up, and I went through a breakdown, and I got hit, felt like I got hit by a truck with anxiety and depression, and it was, it would come in swings, like some days I'd have really high energy, and I'd be on top of the world, Mm -hmm. and then I'd get home that night, and I'd end up laying in the middle of my kitchen floor in a ball. Wow. Just crying. Yeah. And since I I didn't know how to get through it on my own, but at the same time, I wasn't leaning into Jesus at all at the time. Yeah. And I just thought I had to be stronger to get through it. Just pick yourself up with, you know, pick yourself up. I can dust myself off. I'll be okay. Exactly. Yeah. I had that army mindset that yeah. got to be tough and didn't ever try to ask for help mm-hmm. until it got too much to bear. Mm-hmm. And then I had and it kind of a kind of escalated a little bit. Escalated. Yeah. And had a family member that was going through the same thing Mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. And I tried to forget about what I was going through and help them out. Yeah. And in the midst of it, I had finally got the strength to confront this family member about abuse in the past. Okay. And it did not go how I planned. And I thought I would get some closure, but it just opened the wombs wide open. Mm. And so this anxiety and depression isn't stemming from just uh, at the time current things going on, no, but stuff in the past, stuff in the past too. Everything's just kind of rolling to the front. It, it all hit at once. Yeah. And there was an it was a Saturday night when I had confronted this family member, and. The next morning, I was supposed to play guitar here at church, and I didn't make it on time. So I had I broke down at church too, and mm-hmm. you were there to pick me up, mm-hmm. and I ended up having to go through a lot of therapy and help. Yes, yeah. a lot of therapy and help. Well, a lot of this too. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, as much as you were you were hurting from uh, past hurts and things like that. And also just, it was also physical. I mean, you had physical issues going on and medications and yes. things that doctors give you. They don't always drive and right. that kind of thing. So I made it, I made it even tougher. Right. Right. I mean, so in your mind, when you're going through all that, like you said, you had a hard time leaning on Jesus. You just kind of, he just kind of went away for a while. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you describe that. Yes. Thank you. Is that yeah, right? That's right. Exactly right. I felt like he had gone away for a bit, like on a vacation or something. Do you feel like you're just on your own? And I felt very alone. Okay. Um, and then right after this happened, this was 2019. This was the the winter of 2019. So this is pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. So <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. Right as soon as I thought I was getting better and I had started a new job and I thought I was picking myself up again 
COVID hits. Oh, boy. And I went back to the theater. And then right after I went back to the theater, theater shuts down. Shuts down, yeah. Yeah, your job's gone. So my job's gone. Yeah. I was still in the National Guard at the time, and we weren't meeting because we couldn't be in, couldn't have people meeting together. So you, and you really needed to be around people. I needed to be around people. And then, so not only was I shut off from help from other people. Yeah. I was shut off financially completely. Wow. So I had no way to pay my. So everything hits at one time after you've already dealt with the breakdown. Yes. Yeah. Which sent me into a spiral of breakdowns. Wow. And it wasn't till I had to finally find a doctor and the right medications that I started to feel like myself again. Mm. And then once I started to feel like myself again it was by the end of like the shutdowns and i remember we had our first service back after covid outside yeah and yeah. i remember i sat next to you during that that's right and because i was i was terrified because i hadn't been around people in months and the last time i had been around people i was in a horrible position that's right and I remember just being terrified sitting there. I just sat on the ground and I kind of just huddled there and like everybody was so happy. It's so glad to be back at church. And I was terrified. It was, I felt so out of place. I felt like I was so many things that happened to you up to then, you know? Yeah. So it was like, it's like uh, coming back to people, you know, but at the same time, you don't feel the same. I didn't feel the same at all. Yeah. It felt like I was in a whole different planet and it was, oh, it was, uh, like, I remember when Brady was there, and he had been gone at basic training, I think. Was that the same yeah. time? Brady's my son, and yeah. and him and Jared are friends, and, yeah, he'd been in basic training. That's right. And I remember he was, he was, like, the, one of the only people that I had, like, talked to about any of this at the time. Mm-hmm. And even talking to him felt weird, because I was like, he, it feels like he's not there. <laughs> it was, it was rough. We had so many things kind of compounding at the same time. So, like, what? Since then, do you feel like through all the doctors and the treatments and the you know and and just the issues you had to deal with yourself? Do you feel like you? How long has it been? Do you feel like you kind of made your way back to your feeling? I think what really brought me back was once we started meeting in person again for church. Really. And I was able to get back into the worship team and get back into the the flow of things and being able to participate. Yes, being able to participate and be a part of something. Be a part of something again because I was a a part of nothing for months. Yeah. And being able to not only be a part of something, but be a part of something that is trying to please God. It brought me out of that cloud, that dark cloud that I was under. And I I started to started to pray again. I started to 
realized that the whole time that I was going through that, I could have leaned into Jesus more. Yeah. Kind of like the time in the army with the Hillsong. With the Hillsong, yeah. It's like that went away, and you weren't coping that way anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. So how'd that make you feel at that fat point? Like you just had lost time? I that's that's such a good way to put it because I feel like I had just lost all that time that I could have been living the way I wanted to the whole time. Mm. Not let's say the way I wanted to, but the way that I should have been living. Yeah, without fear, and that's where I think that I have found a peace mm. once coming out of that cloud. You realize, I think, hey, I can rely on Jesus. I can yeah. rely on Jesus. and yeah, So good. I got two major questions for you. Number one, you mention a lot about how important people are to you. And being a part of the worship team, for instance, and the people that are around you. They may not even realize how important they are to you. But I'm curious as to, have you ever thought about, why is that? Why is that so important for Jared when it comes to your faith and everything else to have other Christians around? So it seems like that's kind of a theme throughout your life. You had your ups and downs according to who you're with. Right. I guess I haven't really thought of it that way. Why is that so important, do you think, to you? I guess it gives me a place of belonging. Mm-hmm. and That's awesome. I feel like... Sometimes I I think that I would rather be alone and like just be in a room with a guitar, but I know that's not always healthy. And like we talk about here at New Hope, that we gather intentionally. Yeah. And I think that's not just a Sunday morning thing. I think that's you've got to be intentional about it too. Got to be intentional yeah. about it. Yes. So some so even though you may be a little introverted and you don't want to be around people, you realize that's not a good thing for you. not a good you. thing, yes. When it comes to you spiritually. Spiritually. Okay, second question I have is, how do you view Jesus now? And, and what is it about, about uh, what's your relationship with Jesus like now? I think right now it's better than it's been in most of my life. I feel like he is the strength when I don't have any. And mm-hmm. I feel like I can... For me, I connect with them more through music, and that's where, like, my favorite my favorite thing in my life right now is being on the worship team, because that's where I find him there. I guess, mm. um, and he gives you some purpose. He gives me some purpose, yes, because yeah. I can help lead other people to find that connection. What do you love about him? Can you give me just a few words that, why, what do you love about Jesus? I love the peace that he's given me. Mm. Because it's been probably three years since I felt like I was under that cloud. I feel like ever since then, I've just been in a whole new place in a healthy place. Mm. And I know it's only because of him. Mm. Sure. I've had to find medical help to get into 
the mindset that I'm at right now. But it wasn't just the medicine. It was definitely the grace of God that got me through it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Last question, I promise. <laughs> I always say I promise, and I ask another question. But uh, I, I'm, I would love for you, if you would, just for a moment, to at least speak from your heart, because that's all this is. You and I are just having a conversation. There's no written notes. You haven't prepared anything. This is just coming from your heart. And I, I would love to hear coming from your heart, talking to someone who might be listening right now who's dealing with anxiety and have not, not having a good time coping, you know, like, uh, what, what would you say to them? Maybe somebody's gone through what you've gone through. Yeah. You got to breathe. That's a very important, yeah. That breath is Jesus's breath. Mm. He gave it to each one of us. And that's what got me through it. Because I, there were days where I would literally, when I felt like I couldn't breathe, I would just have to sit there and I would take a breath in. And then I would, a lot of times, I would even speak the name of Jesus as I breathed out. Wow. And I did that in the hospital, too. That's what, when I thought I couldn't take another breath, I would just breathe Jesus. I even wrote a note in my phone back in 2019 saying the same thing. That, like, that's... If if I didn't just stop and take a breath and realize I can do that again, I can take another breath, I can take a breath after that, and I can go on and take another step. Otherwise, I would have just stayed in that same dark cloud. I would spend more nights curled up on my kitchen floor (laughs) crying. Yeah, yeah. But there is a way out. Well, that's awesome. That is really, really good. It's it's not by accident that the word for spirit, pneuma, in the Bible is breath. Breath. Yeah. You knew that. <laughs> that is so good. Gosh, I never even thought about that. Because I'll be honest with you, I have not, you know, by the Lord's grace, haven't had to deal with all the same issues you've had. I mean, I have my own, you know. But as far as like being that anxious, it hasn't been a part of my life as much. And so I'm not thinking about my breath in that way. I have, I've had my moments, don't get me wrong, but, but I love the way you're putting it because you're talking about when you feel like you're just kind of frozen. Yes. And like um, you're losing time because you just mentally can't move on and you're having a hard time coping. Just concentrate on what you can do, which is breathe, mm-hmm. and, and 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 make sure Jesus is a part of that in your mind because He is. Right, He's giving you that breath. That's so good, Jared. I really appreciate you joining me. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's it's always good talking to you anyway. But I just think it's awesome for people to hear your story a little bit, and maybe someday you can come back. You got something else you want to share, but. Hey, thanks a lot. And everyone, you know, if you come to church on, uh, at New Hope on Sunday mornings and you see some guitar players up there, Jared's one of them most of the time. Um, and uh, I'm sure he'd love to talk to you if you know if you just want to say, hey, pat him on the back, encourage him, and, uh, and, and do what he says. You know, breathe, breathe Jesus today. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Darren.